Grown up, bum, bum, bum. and I'm your host Stuart Butler, and joined today with Misha Bukikio. Howdy, howdy, and Pete DeMayer. Good day, everybody. So, Misha, people liked your impression last week. Yeah, I was actually surprised that a people listen to the podcast, and b they listened to it all the way through, which was exciting. So, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but if you don't listen to the podcast all the way through, you Totally should. You're not getting the full experience. Unless you are you're... not getting the full experience. That's right. We'd like to hide a little something, something at the end yeah. just for our dedicated listeners. And last week was particularly good and we got some good feedback from it. So thank and you, Alicia. it was Alicia. Rick from Flip2. So thank you for listening. That's right. Thank you, Ricky. Appreciate it. All right. So today we are going to talk about the news, but that is going to be our main topic too because there's a lot going on about the same subject. So we talk a lot on this podcast about OTAs and their relationship with hotels and, and we as an agency try to encourage hotels to develop good direct booking strategies, right? But we also believe that the OTAs play a really important role in the ecosystem. So, you know, if someone's new to a destination, they need something like an OTA to help them narrow down this selection and find the right property. Google right now doesn't do a great job of showing all the information about properties. It's beginning to show rates and things, but OTAs do a much better job. Um, TripAdvisor kind of plays some of that role, but we feel like OTAs really help consumers in a lot of ways if, if they're new to an area, right? Now, for years and years, OTAs in hotels have played nice together. They've taken a slice of the, the action. Everyone's been happy and singing Kumbaya and it's been a real partnership. But recently, I'd say in the last two or three years, that relationship's begin, beginning to turn a little sour. And there's a lot of kind of moving parts to this. But where do you guys think, throwing it out to you before we kind of talk about specific articles, where do you two think that this relationship began to go sour? So I am a little bit newer to the topic just because I haven't been in the industry quite as long as you two have, but what I've been noticing, um, I'm sure it really began before I was aware of it, but I've noticed recently that the OTAs are being a lot more aggressive with bidding on brand terms, and I feel like that's definitely started to push this and really escalate the situation. Yeah, and we're seeing that, I mean, especially the last couple of years, we're seeing the cost per click going up substantially for brand keywords, right? And, um, you know, you could blame Google for that to some degree, but it, it's price driven. So if the price is going up, you would assume that the OTAs are bidding more and more. Absolutely. And when there's reports that you can look at in AdWords specifically, um, at Bing as you can too, but thinking back to three years ago, three and a half years ago, when I first really got into this, looking at who was bidding on our terms and then looking at it now, there are so many more people that are bidding directly on just hotels branded terms. So that That's really ramped up and I think that's really pushing hotels to, to push back against them. Yeah, yeah. It, it used to be that you could call your OTA rep and say, hey, we saw you're bidding on a brand and they'd say, oh, my, my bad, and they'd take it down. But that's not the case anymore. They, you really don't have that leverage. Yeah, and I, you know, the, the OTAs have definitely become a lot more aggressive. That's a definite change in their tactic. I wouldn't say that the OTAs necessarily started the war. Uh, you know, I think you one have to look at the fact that when the OTAs were really first born, there was not a good presence of independent hoteliers in the market. 
you know, if you went to an independent hotel's website, it was crap. Therefore, there was no competition. You know, so the OTAs were filling a very valuable role in helping new people find these hotels. As technology has evolved, the hotels have great websites. They have the ability to, you know, show real-time pricing. And it, it kind of creates the battlefield where the hotel now has the assets they need to win, but they've built up this 800-pound gorilla in the OTAs that now they're going to have to contend with. Yeah, and I agree with you because I think the initial reason the OTAs came to exist was it was almost like a, a universal co-op for independent hotels, right. you know, because they really didn't know how to market themselves. They couldn't get the voice out. CVBs and chamber websites really don't do a good job promoting the difference between properties in a given location. So OTAs were kind of like, give us some of your money and we'll help market you and your destination. And present you in the best light possible. And like you said, it was better than a lot of their websites. And yeah. certainly the booking process was a lot easier than a lot of these folks that didn't maybe didn't have real-time booking or their booking engines weren't really well optimized. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this will date me a little bit, but when I first started in the hotel marketing business, the most important thing you would do is make sure that you had your AAA listings and ads ready to go because that was what was making the phones ring at the time. Then you wanted to make sure you had ads on AAA and whatnot, and then you started getting into the OTAs. Now, it's completely changed how you, how you have to market, and hotels have evolved, and the OTAs have kind of find themselves in a position where you know, the market they used to play in by themselves is now getting pretty crowded. It is, and, and you know, really what's happened though is they've had to adjust because of the competition. So a lot of them now have allowed hotels to, to renegotiate their rates. So whereas Expedia used to be 25% a commission, now 20%, 15% we're hearing from a lot of folks. And the bigger, more leverage you have, the bigger group you are, or if you're a chain, obviously you get a better deal. But even independents, we're seeing at less than 20%, which is mm -hmm. obviously a good thing for them, but it's cutting down on Expedia's profit margins, which means they have to get more aggressive. Right. And yeah, it's a good kind of call out to any hotels out there that are listening. If you're still paying 20 plus percent to any OTA, you need to get on the phone with your rep and renegotiate that because there are better rates out there for sure. For sure. And play play the OTAs off against each other because mm -hmm. you know, booking.com tends to have a lower rate than Expedia. So just say, hey, we're going to go all in on booking.com and pull back on Expedia and see what your Expedia rep says. You, know, yeah. you can definitely beat them down. They're trying to maintain market share. And if you're independent right now, it's a good play time to be on Expedia, which leads into our first, you know, we're gonna go through this episode through a bunch of different news articles that have come up in the last month or so. So the first one is about the fact that some of these big chains, specifically Hilton and Marriott, have really begun to undercut the OTAs by offering discounted rates. Yeah, and this is an interesting one. Uh, you know, typically we're used to looking to T News, hotel news, and whatnot for information. In this case, this is on USA Today, which means this OTA direct booking battle is getting more and more in front of the customers. And it's always been kind of a shadow war behind the, the scenes. The customer did what they always do. But if USA Today is starting to talk about it, it is getting to be a more and more customer's radar. Uh, but basically what this article does, it gives a great overview of, one, the history of it, up to where Marriott and Hilton started really pushing that direct booking and firing those first few shots directly at the OTAs. 
Yeah, so I think this is what turned this in from a Cold War to an all-out ground battle, right? Yeah. Which was Merritt and Hilton basically looking at what's happening in Europe where the courts have ruled that the OTAs cannot force rate parity, even though the, the agreements state that you can't show a lower rate on your website. These guys are basically saying, you know what, if you're a member of our loyalty program, we're going to give you a better rate than you can get anywhere else, including the OTAs. And in the article, which we'll link from the show notes, it actually gives some examples of where, you know, the basic rate on the website for Hilton or Merritt was the same as the OTAs, but that when you're logged in to the loyalty program, it's it's a good discount. Yeah. So what's an OTA to, to do? Well, one thing that was come out is the OTAs are saying, well, you know what, this is not necessarily a bad thing for us because these big chains are the ones that have the smallest percentage of commission. So if we're going to start dimming them, and that's the next article, then uh, it means the independents that are showing the same rates are going to get more exposure and they're paying us more commission. So we actually make more profit from these guys. So let's go from here and talk about the dimming situation. We mentioned it a little bit in episode 17 last week. Let's, it, it seems to have spread beyond that initial Huffington Post article. Yeah, dimming is really interesting. It's something that the OTAs have really done for a very, we don't know exactly when they started doing it, but we do know that it is a standing procedure that they've done for quite some time. Basically what the OTAs are doing is looking to see if a hotel is offering a better rate to their customer direct or in some other OTA even, and then suppressing the exposure of that hotel on their listings. So imagine if you are you know, a hotel in Orlando, Florida, you give a better rate to your direct customers and Expedia sees that. Well, Expedia is going in and pushing that property down in their, their listings up to and even including removing the images for that hotel on Expedia, which makes it useless to even be marketing on Expedia because no one's going to book a hotel that's at the bottom of the list with no images. So that's kind of what dimming is in a nutshell. And it really has only come to light relatively recently, but it's so, what started in the battle. So, let, I mean, it, it seems like a little bit of a tit for tat, right? So you're, you're lowering your rates, so we're going to punish you for it. Ultimately, the people that lose here are the consumers, right? In long term, does, does, what does this mean for the OTAs? I mean, Misha, what do you feel like this is going to do for them from a search perspective? I mean, I really think this could end up kind of biting them in the rear if they keep continue with this because a lot of hotels, particularly the larger chains that have a lot of properties, are pursuing this direct booking. So if they're punishing that high amount of hotels, the user experience is really what's being impacted here. So if you go to, let's say, Expedia or TripAdvisor, um, and you see that half of the listings don't have photos, they're not listing the rates, you're going to have a really crappy experience and then bounce off that page. And when that continues to happen, search engines are going to take note of that. And this could really impact, you know, their rankings. It's no secret that for branded search terms, OTAs, review sites rank really well, perhaps not in the first spot. I would hope your hotel spot maintains that number one organic position, but number two, number three, number four, you know, sometimes if there's 10 results on a page, seven of those could be OTA sites, review sites, meta search sites. So if they're providing this, you know, hindered search experience when people are expecting a full list of hotels, you know, this could really have a negative impact in the future for them. Yeah. I mean, if you're a customer and you go, you're looking for hotels in New York and you don't see a Hilton or Marriott or some of the big guys, you're like, I don't know if I can even trust this data. 
and it's going to push you to back to the search engine. Google says thank you, and then eventually to the you know the direct property site. So they're kind of setting the stage for their own demise. I think let's be careful. Yeah, and beyond that, you know, like you said earlier, th- these kind of articles are beginning to show up on mainstream media, like you know, New York Times and ABC mm-hmm. News and CNN. So if you read the comments in these articles that are talking about this practice of dimming, a lot of them are regular consumers that are saying, well, I don't trust this brand anymore. I'm not going to use Expedia anymore now that I know they're doing this. So not only are they hurting themselves long-term search, but they're also potentially hurting their reputation and their authority in the marketplace. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about, we haven't even gotten to hotel-specific news sites. We're talking about USA Today and CBS. Yeah, I mean, this and those is are very customer centric news sites. And people, you know, I think on top of that, they're driving more awareness for hotels are offering these great deals for people who join their loyalty program. So the bigger mm-hmm. news this becomes, the more people are going to know about direct booking, um, you know, how much they can save with that. Yeah, and, and, and the first, we've really kind of beat up on the OTAs a little bit. I don't know that they were the ones that actually started the battle. You know, if you go way back to really what initiated this court battle in the EU was the what hotels were calling their you know non or restricted rates so they would give a OTA the non-restricted rate of a single night for a certain rate but then they'd have you know book two nights and save X amount of dollars to get that lower rate that is what spurred everything to where the customers started seeing that the OTAs didn't always have the best rate that's what caused the OTAs to start this battle. So, yeah, I don't think there's any innocent party. It's both people or both groups trying to, you know, do what's best for them. Well, and but it's it's a messy divorce at this point, right? Because because they both kind of need each other. They're stuck in a mortgage together, say, mm-hmm. right? And they can't live without each other. But yet they're not working together as a team. They're fighting fighting each other, right? Mm-hmm. And that's even more so. Um, there's another article that we're going to link to in the show notes from the interim CEO at Priceline Group. And you want to read that one, Pete, and say what he's been saying in the media just this week? Yeah, so this one, we're going to skift.com. They had an article where they highlighted the CEO of Priceline, which is Jeffrey Boyd, where basically he he threw the gauntlet down and said, you know, a lot of OTA, OTA, excuse me, a lot of the hotels are offering you know, lower rates to their customers and hey, you know what, we can do that too. And what I kind of thought was a little bit you know, overt, he said, and it may not be a good idea for the chains to push these lower rates. Well, it's, I thought this article was kind of funny because at the very top it says he declined to get into a tit for tat discussion and then proceeds to get into a tit for tat discussion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, was, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. It was very veiled, right? It was a very Donald Trump-esque thing to say, right? He was saying a lot without saying a lot because mm-hmm. he, he didn't outwardly say, hey, we're going to discount the rates and cut our margins just to undercut you. But that's really what he's saying, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, that that may be good in the short term for the consumer, but it's certainly not good for the industry long term mm-hmm. if this, this price war starts to happen because the OTAs start to discount rates. And we know they're already doing this. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, we are collecting data right now on a couple of our clients where we've seen this practice happen, where Expedia is showing a lower rate than the property has agreed to publish on Expedia. So they're manipulating the data on third-party channels like uh, like meta searches 
including TripAdvisor. So on TripConnect, Expedia is showing a lower rate than they're showing on their own site and obviously mm -hmm. on the property side as well. So we know that this is beginning to happen on Expedia and now Priceline is saying that they're going to start doing it too. So that this price war is a zero-sum game because what's going to happen is the margins are going to decrease for everyone, mm -hmm. competition is going to increase, and profitability is going to decrease. And when profitability of the hotel decreases, the quality of the product mm -hmm. is going to decrease and ultimately the customer is going to suffer your TripAdvisor scores are going to go down, you're going to invest less in the property, and you're going to be able to charge a lower ADR over time, and ultimately you're going to end up going under because you just can't sustain it. Yeah, which, which means it doesn't need to be a price battle. It needs to be a service battle. Who can make the customer feel great about their travel experience? And if your hotel, while they're on your property, making them so happy that they chose to book direct. I do kind of envision Google standing in the background, kind of poking both sides with a stick, because they're really the ones who end up making the money on this deal. They're like, oh, you should buy more PPC here. You should do this. Have you considered HPA? And just keep yeah. pushing both sides to see who gets... They've remained relatively quiet in this conversation, which is kind of surprising to me. I mean, HPA is obviously a pretty big deal now, and it's a pretty large product. And I'm surprised Google's not more present in this conversation. Well, I think they could be if, if rumors pan out where they're looking at potentially buying TripAdvisor, that, that could yeah. be a big statement, you know, mm -hmm. but who knows. So, you know, I, I don't even think this needs to be a fight at the end of the day. Like if, if we stop and, and think about this, why do these OTAs exist? We already talked about the, the need they provide, right? If, if I'm a Hilton loyalty member, I'm probably always going to book with Hilton no matter where I go. If I travel a lot, and I always want to stay at Hilton great, right? But there's a lot of people aren't there. They're not brand loyal to one specific chain, but they do want the comfort that that one brand brings them, right? Which an OTA can. So that leads to this next article, which was looking at some of the data related to why, why do people book with OTAs? So Pete, you want to cover that? Yeah, so this one comes to us on T News. It's a really fantastic article, and like Stuart said, we'll link to this one in the, the show notes, but it goes into detail, a lot of pretty graphs and pie charts of how people go about that shopping process, and the impression customers have of OTAs. You know, one of the pieces of data that I saw was really interesting is 33% of customers slightly agree that the OTAs have a better price than the Hotel Direct. 14% strongly agree that the OTA is the better rate. You know, so you look at those combined, you know, you get about half of customers thinking that, you know, the OTA is definitely the way to go. That's one of the highest in the world, in the U.S. that is, of customers who think the OTA is the best option. Uh, you know, the people, you know, obviously go direct. There's a lot of great data in this. Yeah, and beyond rate, too, a lot of people talked about the ease of use, right? These, the, the fact that Expedia offers the, the one-two-click um, booking on their mobile app is something that most hotels are not going to be able to, capable of offering in a long time. So there's mm -hmm. a frictionless aspect to the, the booking process, especially if I'm a member of Expedia and I'm going to stay in a lot of different towns and I just want the convenience of a brand that I trust and, and someone that I'm used to and have had a good experience booking through, and it's easy because they've already got my credit card, boom, 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 I'm done. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's that segment of customer 
that are just going to be Expedia customers, and, and that's fine. The, those people, you want them to stay at your hotel versus the competition. And I think that's where we're missing the bigger picture here with hotels. Like they're, they're fighting OTAs where they really should be competing against other properties in their market. And Expedia can help them do that. And the other thing I think is Expedia can really be a good generator of new business. And especially if you're an independent property, new visitors are the hardest people to find. You know, you can get them from, from like we said earlier, CVBs, or hopefully there's a local portal site in your market that does a better job than CVB. But beyond that, it costs a lot of money to build awareness and generate new business, right? So the OTAs, that should be your primary goal with them, is to how do I find customers that wouldn't otherwise find me? Once they book through an OTA, then your job, like Pete said, is to delight them with the experience and offer them incentives to book with you direct next time. Right? Yeah. But you, you should never be fighting Expedia when they're supplying new business that you couldn't get anywhere else. And to your earlier point is this really doesn't need to be a battle. You know, it's, it, these, organiza- these OTAs and hotels are going to have to exist you know, in the same space. Remember that, like in this report here, 47% of the customers choose an OTA because it's easy to use. Go back a couple years ago, hotel sites were crap. Mm-hmm. The OTA was the only game in town. So they still have a valuable role to play. The OTAs, you know, are a big part of what made a lot of these independent hoteliers who they are. You know, they were driving this traffic before there was any other way of getting the traffic. So, you know, you can't really hate the OTAs for this. But I do think that the OTAs need to start recognizing that, okay, we're now on par with these people. Let's sit down at the table with them and find out and mediate some kind of good solution that doesn't end up destroying everybody. Yeah, it should be a partnership, and it's become very adversarial. It, it, it's a marriage, not a divorce. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of propaganda out there. So let's jump to our next article. So this was a report that was put out that, that kind of just talked about the importance of OTAs and how people are choosing to book through OTAs versus um, versus booking direct. Yeah, so, so in this case, a caveat, this was put out by Expedia. <laughs> so, you know, with, with that being said, it, it does highlight the importance of OTAs and the, the shopping and booking process. Uh, somewhere between 61 and 75% of all hotel shoppers used an OTA. Only 15 to 44% of hotel or shoppers use the hotel website. You know, so those, that's where the customers yeah. are starting that process. Yeah, so this is a report or a study that was put out by Focusrite. Again, it was sponsored by Expedia. We'll link, link to this. It's got a lot of good data in it. Some of it really does correlate with, with um, the study that we put out early this year that you can get from fueltravel.com study in terms of people do use the OTAs for the research period. You know, and, and some still book, but the majority are still using it early on, narrowing down their selection, and then ultimately going to the hotel site if it has the best rates. So, so I think there's a lot of legitimate data in this focus right study. It's definitely worth a look. There's some some valuable stuff. We'll link to that from the show notes. Just go download it, and then download ours as well and compare the two because we came at it from the other perspective where we're encouraging people to 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 book direct. Right? That's that's kind of part of our mission. So. Looking at the two studies, fuels and focus rights, I think you can kind of gain some good insight. Yeah. And I will say this, that the OTAs have done a fantastic job marketing, shopping online for travel. 
they were the ones that spurred everything that we talk about today. You know, so there's a lot to be said there. They've pushed the envelope in terms of app development, website development, one-click purchasing, and there's a lot of good things that are happening. The hotel's job, Stuart, to your point earlier, is let them do what they're so good at. Let the OTAs do what they're so good at. And when they get to your property, cultivate that OTA guest into an in-house guest for their next day. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen people in the industry criticize OTAs in a lot of ways, right? But one of them is, if you look at an individual market, they say, well, they don't favor any market over any other. So what, why would why would I encourage and pay Expedia when they're not really helping my destination? Because ultimately, people that are going to come to my destination are going to come, and I'll get my piece of the pie. And if I'm a good marketer, I'll get my fair share, right? Well, there's a lot of people, one, aren't good marketers, so they need Expedia. <laughs> yeah. But two, I, I really do fundamentally believe that the OTAs have encouraged travel in general, worldwide, mm-hmm. right? I think mm-hmm. if you look at their commercial commercials that are out there, most of them aren't about book through Expedia. They're about you need to have a vacation or you need to have an experience, you need to travel. So they're creating demand that potentially didn't exist and wouldn't exist if the hotels were just marketing themselves. So creating that demand, obviously rising um, tide floats all boats, that's gonna help every property universally if they can encourage more people to travel. Here's a question. Do you think hotels see the OTAs as the co-op, marketing co-op? Because you know, in talking with you know hoteliers, they're paying 15 or so percent to Expedia or Priceline or whomever, and they don't stop and say, wait a minute, they came up with the gnome that goes to all these different places, and they're running ads on the Super Bowl promoting people to travel. That yep. takes a lot of money. Yeah, no, I, I don't think hotels appreciate the, the role that they play. I think they look at these OTAs as a, a necessary evil to fill up hotel rooms, and they look at it as an expense, not as a revenue generator. I completely agree. The few conversations that I've heard, um, you know, whether it's with clients or with other people in the industry, there is always a negative connotation whenever OTAs are mentioned. And I agree that they do spend a lot of money advertising just travel in general. And that's definitely a piece of the conversation that isn't often brought up. Yeah, I mean, I just know that from the, everyone has a problem with them at the tactical level of, oh, look, they're dropping there right here. They're dimming me here. They're doing this. But people don't step back and say, well, they're also promoting travel, like you said you know, to the masses, which mm-hmm. an individual hotel can't do. Right. I mean, the chains can, right? The cha- Hilton's and the Marriott's of the world can definitely, they have the, the coffers to be able to do that. They can generate awareness for travel. But independent hotels cannot do that, and then, which takes us to our next article, which is basically the study that shows that independent hotels are becoming increasingly reliant on OTAs. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, I had a conversation this morning with one of our clients, and I've seen this with four or five of our clients that... Yeah, we, we will take on properties, and I want to toot our horn a little bit. We don't do that very often on this show. But we'll take on properties that are 70, 80, 90% reliant on OTAs, and we'll help them through aggressive direct booking tactics get them down to like a 10, 15, 20% range reliant on OTAs, right? We do that day in, day out. That, that's our bread and butter. That's why people hire us. That's why we keep our clients. Well, I've seen a few, and these are probably some of our most successful property groups that are in the kind of being in the six to ten percent reliant on OTAs. I've really seen them in the last, I'd say, 12 months 
that that's edging up a little bit. And it's not that we're doing anything different. I just think it's that the landscape's changing. You know, I think TripAdvisor is a huge part of that. I think the fact that TripAdvisor now offers instant booking in, in you know, clients of ours that aren't on instant booking, you're basically giving away free bookings to booking.com because mm-hmm. they're on the instant booking program on TripAdvisor if you're not. I think there's channels like that that, that are encouraging people to book through an OTA. But I also think this dimming phenomena where independents are now getting a, a larger share of exposure because the chains are being dimmed, I think that's playing a part in it too. I think so. Uh, one of the things that concerns me with you know, the news that the, the independent hoteliers get more and more reliant is you know, that helps in the short term as the you know, big properties are fighting the dimming battle. But long term, I fear that these guys will end up being the true victims of this battle because they've completely turned their marketing over to an OTA who does not necessarily have their best interest at heart. Their best interest is driving more revenue to Expedia or whomever, not necessarily making sure that property is successful. So what this report's telling me is those hoteliers who you know, aren't really paying attention need to wake up and need to wake up kind of fast if they want to take control of their marketing. Yeah, I think that's it. I think, I think an indep- a savvy independent that's you know, fluctuating between 10 and 20, 30% reliance on OTAs, those guys are going to be fine. But if you're an independent and you're sitting there at 70, 80%, really anywhere over 50% reliant on OTAs, you need to wake up. You need to really pay attention. You need to, one, get a hold of your rate parity. And the best way to do that is through software because people are going to make mistakes and people are going to be lazy. So going to a company like, say, Triptease, right, that, that not only are showing rates on your own booking engine, comparative rates to the OTAs, but are also giving you that, that rate dungeon that allows you to see every search that's made on your website and comparing what the consumer saw versus what they can get on OTAs. So you can see real time where your rate parity issues are. Triptease does a really, really good job of that. So we'll link to them in the show notes too. And they, they have a conference coming up. It's called the Book Direct Conference. I think it's in September in DC. So we'll link to that too. But Triptease is doing a really good job kind of promoting that rate parity and, and all the tactics you can do to generate direct bookings. Um, but we, there's a lot of stuff you can do. We've written blogs about this. We wrote a blog about you know the best ways to, to fight against the OTAs and bring more direct bookings. The best way if someone booked through an OTA to convert them to a direct mm-hmm. booking next time. Those are the things you need to be paying attention to. Yeah, and if you're one of those hotels that has you know the 80% OTA, Look at it as the glass half full where you have 80% of your guests could be new guests next time. And, you know, say, okay, eight of every 10 people that come in, I want to make sure I get their email address. I want to make sure I delight them and let them know that our loyalty program is the best bet. Uh, You know, one other thing we really haven't talked about is this year Expedia rolled out that new program called Accelerator, which is a program that lets hotels basically pay more to Expedia to be showing up higher in their their listings so i don't know if that's a good thing a bad thing or we're gonna have to let it shake out and see but if you're a hotel who does rely heavily on the otas you know that may be something to look at in terms of you know driving more business okay 
For sure. And I think Expedia, that's a reaction, right? Because their profits are down, their, their share prices dropped. They just had some quarterly earnings released last week that, that weren't that positive. They didn't meet expectations. So both they and TripAdvisor are struggling a little bit from a revenue perspective. So what's going to happen when your revenue's down and you're a public company? You're going you're gonna to yeah. get more aggressive. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. try to recoup that by creating new programs, by increasing your advertising, which, yeah. which is what we're seeing. Yeah, I just wonder how that's going to play to the hotels mm-hmm. when they're already complaining that the OTAs are charging too much. Yeah. And then the OTAs go, well, we have a solution for you. Pay you us pay more. more. But the reality is, really, though, it's like we said at the beginning of the show, Expedia has reduced their percentage over the last three or four years. Significantly. So, and, and if you're still paying 25% to Expedia, just pick up the phone right now, stop listening to this podcast, and go talk to your rep and get that negotiated down. Because, they just won't hear that thing at the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Actually, wait till the end of the podcast, <laughs> then pick up the phone. Um, but, you know, the other way that OTAs are competing their lost revenue is through consolidation. So we've basically seen this alignment now where you've got Expedia Group versus Priceline Group. Priceline owns Booking.com and Expedia owns like Travago and Orbitz and Travelocity. So you've got these two kind of behemoths in the market. There's really very few independent OTAs out there now. I think Bookit is probably the only one. And I've got it on a few from a few different sources that it sounds like, and this is this is rumor mill speculation right now, but it sounds like Expedia might be getting ready to buy Bookit as well. So you're really only dealing with two companies, two major entities when you're doing your negotiation. Yeah, they have different reps, but you can leverage the different versions mm-hmm. of those entities against each other and leverage the two groups against each other as well. So you have to be a shrewd negotiator when you're dealing with these reps. Ultimately, they want to keep you on the site at all costs. Because no matter what percentage they get you on, they're making a profit. They don't want you to leave the site. So you can threaten that. You can say, I'm going to the opposite group. You can say, I'm going to the local portal site or putting more money into my chamber, whatever it is, whatever the options are, or even just doubling down on your own pay-per-click strategy. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways you can kind of threaten the OTAs. So we'd encourage well, yeah. you to do that. You look at the least the most successful hotels that we deal with. The OTAs are nice icing on the cake. You know that helps you, you know, make your revenue numbers for the quarter. But really, where the money's made is PPC, email marketing, you know, the book direct on TripAdvisor and those listings. Mm-hmm. It's not the OTAs. So you know, if you have to cut an OTA off to get the best rate for a little bit, you know, that may be a strategy you want to consider. Yeah, cool there, Bob. But again, I mean, and we'll wrap this show up, but. I think we, we want to make sure we're clear, right? The OTAs are really an important factor in this ecosystem that we work in, right? The hospitality industry, they play a very important role in generating new business in destinations. We definitely encourage every property to be engaged with the OTAs, to have a good strategy where your rate parity is where it should be, where you're encouraging guests that book their OTAs to book direct next time. Definitely be on the OTAs and try to treat them like a partner, not as an enemy. Because I think ultimately, the industry is gonna win if we all play together nicely and, and look out for the consumer, because that's why we're in this industry, well said. is to serve the consumer. So what, you guys, do you have any final thoughts? Well, I feel like I have a lot of mixed feelings and thoughts on just the whole OTA versus hotel thing, just because I can definitely see both sides of the equation here. But I think the most important part is to play nice. You know, you don't have to approach this from 
a negative perspective. You know, this is an opportunity rather than a threat. So look at the OTAs and how they can really benefit you. And also, I think, you know, what was discussed earlier is really important that they, they do generate new business for you that you probably would not have got from other channels. And really looking at those guests and after they get to your hotel, how can you turn them into in-house bookers? Use them as a primary resource to get those new guests and then, you know, enchant them, delight them, surprise them, make them have a fantastic experience. And then moving forward, your goal should be to have them to book in-house. Yep, absolutely. I would, I would add to that, one, 47% of the people are booking on the OTAs because it's a great booking experience. Look at your website. If it, you don't feel that it is perfect, you need to work on it. Take the iterative steps to A-B test and get the perfect website. That's where the OTAs are beating the hotels right now, handily. Next is make sure you are monitoring to make sure that you have the rates that are on par with the OTAs. That's the basic blocking and tackling of the world that we're in now. If you're not doing that, no matter what else you do, customers aren't gonna pay a premium to book direct, but they will pay on par to book direct. So those, those are two things that they really need to do. And there's a third bonus one, build a loyalty program to get those people coming back. Yeah, I think well said. And, and we'll link on the show notes again to some of the articles we've written. If, if you are challenged with your percentage of bookings that are coming from OTAs, again, if you're over 50%, you're doing something wrong, you need to re, re, rethink your marketing strategy, we can help with that for sure. But you can help yourselves too. We'll link to the articles on the blog notes, on the podcast notes to those articles that can help you with very, very simple um, processes that are just going to make iterative improvements over time. Uh, you can get the podcast notes at fueltravel.com slash um, podcast. podcast. And then <laughs> that's what we're doing. Is that a question or a statement? <laughs> I don't know. And it's been a long day. And then click on episode 18. So uh, sometimes the podcast actually goes out on iTunes before the, the show notes go up, but give it a day or so and you should see those show notes up there. And we'll link to all these articles we talked to today uh, and we'll put some of the, the pretty graphs up that we talked about. And anything else you want to say, guys? I do. I have some actual fantastic news. Not great news for you, Stuart, but great news for me. You're quitting. You found a new job. No. <laughs> You're saying it live on the podcast. No, I am not. That would be really bad news for you. Yeah, I might cry. No. So, as we all know, this is the 18th podcast. It's all grown up. And I was informed today that our podcast has chosen Clemson University as their official college. Not feeling it. Not feeling it. Yeah. No. So if you don't live in South Carolina, you probably don't care. But there's a huge rivalry between <laughs> South Carolina Gamecocks and Clemson University. Uh, neither of which won the uh, the national championship last season. Yeah, one have. got really close. Yeah, but neither though, of them actually won. But you're one not first, got you're really last. close. Uh, but it is almost football season. What does your head coach have to say about that? Oh wait, you don't really have one. Never yeah, must have. But I tell you what, everyone <laughs> listening, if you want your favorite university to sponsor next week's podcast, <laughs> you can send us a message <laughs> on Twitter at Fuel Travel. <laughs> And we'll promote that university. Yeah. Hey, and we're a few weeks away from college football. Anyway, I'm already amped, so Hey, soccer amped. season starts amped. this weekend. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody yes, cares. Yes, they do. Clear. You mean, you mean we, football? We have, t- yes. 10% of our listeners come from England, you know? And 90% don't. Well, but that 10%, we should, you know? Okay. So it could be football or college 
American football, one of the two teams can sponsor next episode. Okay. I think they've heard enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where can they find you on the web? They can find me on Twitter at P DiMeo. P-D-I-M-A-I-O. And Misha, where can they find you and insult Clemson? Uh, you can send me Clemson and cat gifts. And at wine. We didn't <laughs> get any wine, by the way. I have gotten zero things, so I'm just going to keep throwing out requests <laughs> to the universe. Um, but I'm at Marketing Misha. That's at Marketing M-E-I-S-H-A. And I am Stuart Butler. You can find me online at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. And you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. So I think the problem is my Mrs. Doubtfire accent is way too close to my Julia Child accent. Okay, hang on a second. We have to do a sound off then. Okay, (laughs) let me hear your Julia Child accent. Hello! Okay, now, let me hear your Mrs. Doubtfire accent. Hello! <laughs> okay, one more then. Let me hear your Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hello. 